You may have heard the history of this great holiday. How Pony, Corn, and Pegasus drove Windigos away. But have you ever wondered, since they disappeared, how we get snow on horse warming each and every Windy Windigo, she's the one to make it snow, just enough on each hot swarming eve. So fire up the fireplace, pour hot cider in your... <laughs> that has got to be the greatest thing ever. Okay, hello everyone, I am Courtney. And I am Alicia. And we are the Monster Queens. Woohoo. Wait, no, I can't do this, because then we don't have our intro and I don't know what to say next, so we have to start over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have to start over completely. Wait, what? Wait. Okay, because we're putting our intro, like our theme song after that, right? 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 So we are not professionals or historians or cryptozoologists. We are just two women with laptops who love to talk about monsters. And you should probably not take anything we say too seriously. <laughs> Ever. At all. So if you couldn't tell by that nifty little jingle, thank you to the Flim Flam Brothers, our episode, episode numero uno, is about the Wendigo. Hey. Creepy little cold guys. Oof. So, Creepy little cold guys. All this rustling of papers. There's so much background noise. <laughs> I am like a podcast recorder's worst nightmare. I have discovered this right now. Ooh, so why did we choose Winnebago's? Oh, the Windigos? Okay. Windigos. So, Windigos is something I really want to know. We should count how many times... We're going to say Winnebago's instead of Windigos. Winnebago's. We're, we're up to at least three at this yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely. So the reason we chose Windigos is because once upon a time when I was working at... Oh, should, wait. Can we say who we work for? Should we say that? Do we want to put that out there? Oh, working at a certain coffee shop. Okay. That is not obvious at all. Mm-mm. That's not obvious. Do you think that's obvious? Can we say where we talk? Or where we work? <laughs> can we say that? Okay. Well, I don't want anyone to like say crap about it. It'll, it might affect our employment a little bit. Okay, so we were at a place where we work that may or may not serve coffee. That's very vague. Very vague. <clears throat> you can take what you want with that. So I'm unfamiliar with the Winnebago story, though. Like, I know you've told me, but it seems so general. I haven't talked about it in a while. What happened? How did it start? Uh, with... Jarrett, like, talking... Okay, so I heard a noise in the bathroom, and we've had, like, homeless people yeah. in the bathroom, mm-hmm. and we've had people shooting up drugs in a... It's a public bathroom in, like, a quasi-urban area-esque, mm-hmm. if that's what you want to call Arlington, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I heard a noise in the bathroom, and Jarrett was like, oh, no, gotta be careful, because then Winneb- Winnebago's gonna get you. <laughs> It's going to be the Winnebago's. And I was like, wait, what? 
Did you mean Wendigo? <laughs> oh no! Did you mean Wendigo? Is that what you meant to say just then? And he's like, I can yeah, hear his voice. That's what I meant. Yeah, really, I know I can too. He's like, yeah, no, that's what I meant, Wendigo. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So like this whole story came out of it about we we were not um, food worker people. We were not employees of. We are actually like uh, Winnebago hunters under disguise. <laughs> There's, like, a whole side story of, like, uh, the Winnebago hunters and the search for the crystal crank. <laughs> the crystal yeah, crank? Yeah, the crystal crank is, like, a tire iron. It's a crystal tire oh iron. Goodness. It's a magical <laughs> weapon that kills the uh, Winnebagas. No. The, the Winnebagos is just, like, a euphemism, a metaphor for, like, really shitty, <laughs> greedy customers that we had that were trying to eat our souls. So That's phenomenal. Yeah. So that's why we chose Winnebago's. Hell yeah. Well, I mean Wendigo's. <laughs> <laughs> I need someone to take tally marks on how many times that mistake happens. Oh, God. It's, I feel it. It's going to happen more than once. Mm. At the very least. Absolutely. So It's going to happen more than once. First episode, number one episode about Wendigo's. I was, I was just thinking. Winnebago's win- and really greedy white people. Oh, God. Okay. Okay, so the Wendigo mm-hmm. is a half man, half creature, spiritual being. Mm-hmm. It's described as other than just being half man and half creature, but had antlers. Okay. Ashy gray skin yeah. that was stretched over a very emaciated body. Creepy guy. Very creepy guy. Um, it had bloody, torn lips that stretched over a mouth that was almost too big for its face, exposing grotesque, ugly teeth. Mm-hmm. It was giant in stature. Oftentimes, um, in some stories, it was told to be as big as giants. It was as big as trees. In some cases, as big could get as big as a mountain. And with each meal that it consumed, which was of the human kind... <laughs> <laughs> it would grow larger and larger. So it could never eat enough to satisfy itself. It always just got bigger and bigger and needed more and more and more. Yeah. Um, so the man-eating beast that is the Wendigo, um, it's part of the traditional belief system of the Algonquian-speaking peoples. Okay. And I got a lot of my research from just different folklore from the Ojibwe tribes, um, from the Ojibwe peoples, from... Wikipedia, um, and then I found a really badass dissertation. Hell yeah! By Michelle Leitz or Lights. I'm so sorry if I pronounce your name wrong. I'm so sorry, but I really loved your dissertation, and it was called "The Cannibalism in Contact Narratives and the Evolution of the Wendigo." Uh, for Eastern Michigan University. So yeah. So also, its origins are North America. Primarily Canada and some of the northern parts of the United States. So, where do we go from there? Where does it come from? Well, I told you the peoples it comes from, but what does it mean? So, the Wendigo, it represents basically just greed and selfishness, starvation. Mm -hmm. Um, According to traditional stories of the Ashinabek and uh, the Manitos, which you can read the book by... Basil H. Johnston, not Basil, not Basil, Basil H. Johnston, (laughs) 
um, who has a book literally just titled The Manitos. Um, they were holy beings, supposedly, who created the world. Um, that's, I guess, their religion. That's yeah. a religion. Yeah. Belief system, you could their say. Their belief system is a much better term. <laughs> Thank you for that. My Catholic self came out there was like, it's a religion. <laughs> um, anyways, so from what... Uh, from what from what was once covered in water, the great mystery gave birth to a great land carried on the back of what we've heard before, a giant turtle. I always think of Avatar the Last Airbender. What Avatar the Last Airbender. I have not thought about that show in God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Um, so after that, soon many more of the Manitos came from the waters and taught the people how to live, yeah. how to heal, and how to nurture a relationship with the great spirit as well as with themselves and each other. These holy beings became the source of all power and spirit in the world, and the people regard them as sacred. Of the Manitos, the most abhorrent and terrifying, though, is the Wendigo. It is literally the embodiment of the worst traits of humanity in both its physical appearance as well as its temperament, a cold and bitter spirit of winter. Which I never, ever, ever in all of pop culture and monster movie watching had ever heard anything about the Wendigo actually being, like, a spiritual being. Yeah. I had no idea. No, it's always been a creature or a monster. Yeah, it was really cool, Um, like, learning about the peoples and their spiritual beliefs and learning that... Because I've listened to videos about the Wendigo. Yeah. And I'd never heard anything about it being a spiritual holy being. Yeah, no. (laughs) It's just, I'm going to get you. Like one of the smaller monsters, one of like the demons meant to be like underneath the higher yeah. ruling powers. Yeah, really. It's, it's like never a been like a goblin that ate people. Yeah, no, for real. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's never. It's never been like a deity itself. Yeah, no, I've I've never seen it portrayed in that way. So like when I did research for this, it was really cool um, finding things I didn't even consider were part of part of the thing. So, yeah. so um. As I described earlier, it's a really ugly, grotesque, just like mm-hmm. nasty, nasty thing. Um, it is preceded by howling and shrieking winds and like a fierce, fierce cold um, that could snap trees and crack them in half. Yeah. Just an immense amount of cold and an unearthly cold, one would say. <laughs> Anyways, um, so that's basically that. Um, all the spookiness that comes from the appearance, the nastiness. It's said to also carry, like, this putrid stench yeah. of death with mm-hmm. it. Like, you could smell it before you see it. Different. If you could, like, smell yeah. something before you see it, like, you know that's bad. <laughs> I mean, different different sources describe it as being almost sweet-smelling, too. Like, so sickly sweet, but also... That's so gross. It's It's just overwhelming, your senses. It's basically just one big rush at your face of putrid sweet death Mm -hmm. that's disgusting okay so um yeah so there's origins location northern canada yep and i don't know just north america canada and northern parts of the united states Mm -hmm. um so there are three ways to become a wendigo yeah three ways to become a wendigo the first one the most obvious one. Obviously. Um, is by eating people? Cannibalism. <laughs> Cannibalism. <laughs> so that's what's so scary about the um, the Wendigo is that they told stories, like, warning you um, in the Ojibwe people, the Algonquians, about 
you know, if you're hoarding your rations in the wintertime, because yeah. it's cold up there. I mean, yeah. Um, if you're hoarding your rations, if you're being too selfish, you can become a Wendigo. But what they really, really, really also deeply feared, and I also learned that there's actually some, like, um, dances, like tribal dances that they did to kind of warn or ward off the Wendigo, but what they deeply feared was the winters of starving so much that you ate your family. Yeah. And you would become a Wendigo in doing so. Um, there is a case um, of the Wendigo... Um, where a man named Swift Runner actually ate his whole entire family. His case was, he was arrested in 1907. Yeah, he was a- arrested. Was it 19? No, that was, your ta- you're talking about Jack Fiddler. We'll get to that. Okay. You're, you're skipping ahead. Okay. <laughs> My bad. Um, so this is actually um, way before that. Ooh. So this is in the 1800s. Okay. So, um... In the 1800s, there was a Cree man, um, a Cree Native American man who went by the name of Swift Runner. Um, Swift Runner was actually a well-respected citizen. Mm -hmm. Um, He was hired by Canadian authorities after um, colonialism. The white man came in, stole land from the Native peoples, and then sold it to the Canadian government. And the Canadian government really wanted things to go as smoothly as possible. I'm obviously, like, summarizing the historical (laughs) things here, so just remember I'm not a historian. Um, But they hired hired Swift Runner, um, who made his living as a trapper. Um, He was hired by the Northwest Mounted Police as a guide. Um, So he was well-respected. He was a huge man. He was over six feet tall. Oh, wow. Just this huge, like thick muscular just native american man okay he, he was thick, thick. all right <laughs> <laughs> he is not someone you'd want to like come up across in a dark alley no he looks terrifying um and we'll probably post pictures in the show notes or in our instagram page if you want to see this because there's also really cool artwork of wendigos mm-hmm. so um he was doing well. He was well-respected. He was hired by the Northwest Mounted Police. Why is my laptop making noises at me? <laughs> um, made his living as a trapper and guide. Um, but over time, um, he actually developed quite a taste for alcohol. Ooh. Um, he was starting to feel the paranoia and the depression and the creep and the doubt of not being able to provide for his family during the winter months. Yes. And so he turned to alcohol, as some of us do, as I stare at my wine glass right now. (laughs) Um, He turned to alcohol and became a drunk, and they said he was a really violent drunk, um, that he was unpredictable, and um, his habits just got worse and worse and worse. He ended up being fired. Um, by the police force and was kicked out of the tribe. Oh. Thanks to those violent tendencies. Oh, man. And then the winter of 1878 happened. So um, Swift Runner took his family to the woods um, to hunt, to trap, to lots of reasons why the Native peoples took their family to the woods. And um, he... uh, also, mind you, was, I think, in my notes, I think I found that he was only, like, 25 
I don't know if it was miles or kilometers, but he, like, wasn't very far from, like, yeah, no. a Canadian, like, supply station for food and resources, okay? So keep in mind that when this whole thing goes down, he's actually not far from food, okay? He could easily go get some. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's a bit of a trek, but, yeah, it's not impossible. Yeah. And if you're starving. So, yeah. He took his wife, his six children, because the man had six children, his mother-in-law and brother out to the forest, um, during the winter months, mm-hmm. okay? So lots of things are described about what he said he felt. He said that he kept hearing the sounds of trapped animals in his head. He couldn't get oh. their shrieks and cries, like, out of his head, and oh, he God. felt like he was being, you know, possessed by a Wendigo spirit, um, this whole thing. He didn't know what was going on. But um, he ends up eating... All of his children. Um, he ate five of them, including his infant. Oh, God. Um, which he actually, like, hung and murdered and ate. Um, and fed to one of his sons. Like, he did this all in front of his son. Oh. Um, and then fed to his son and um, ate his mother-in-law. There's a quote saying that he said his mother-in-law actually tasted really bitter. Oh. And, like... No one knows if he was like, ha, 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 ate my mother-in-law. She tasted quite bitter, actually. Like, trying to be funny. Or if he was just actually, like, just blatantly saying that she was... By the way, she tasted kind of bitter. Right, meat. Um, But then after he ate all of them, he then ate his final son. Oh, God. Yeah. That sounds horrifying. Yeah, he ate all of them and then... What happened to the wife? Do we know? No, he ate her. Yeah, he ate her too. He actually, he takes the um, Canadian authorities back into the woods after winter in in the spring. He comes out. Um, He tries to recant his statements and says something about like, oh, no, we were eaten by a bear and some other things. But um, he, he eventually just comes out and is like, yeah, no, I ate them. And that's when he talks about like eating eating his uh, mother-in-law yeah. and all of that. Yeah, making um, cracking jokes. Yeah, well, to be funny. no one knows if he was joking yeah. or anything like that. But, yeah. Um, Dark Poutine does an episode literally just about Swift Runner. Um, that's a lot more detailed. So mm-hmm. if anybody wants to listen to that, I highly recommend it. Um, I got a lot of my information from there and the World Wide Web. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, so in the winter of 1878, Swift Runner completely cannibalized his entire family. So that covers one person, the most common known way to become a Wendigo, and that is to become a cannibal, yes. to eat people. Mm-hmm. Um, the, second in which, the second way in which you can become a Wendigo is by being cursed by another human being. Yeah. Sometimes you know you're being cursed, sometimes you're not being cursed. Yeah. I know that Jack Fiddler, the case of Jack Fiddler and his brother, come from a family of, like, shaman-esque people. Um, well, I know that Jack Fiddler's father was a shaman, and he was a famous shaman like him. Um, we'll talk about that in a little bit, too. But Jack Fiddler said, they said that sometimes they thought that the Wendigo that would haunt their tribe was basically just cursed from other, like, opposing tribes, you know their enemies would, like, curse him with the Wendigo spirit mm-hmm. that he would then have to fight off. So, um, but, like, other ways you can be cursed is you have one to talk about is yeah. the really awesome, amazing, one of my favorite comic book series is Hellboy. Hell yeah. 
So this one, this one in particular is from his first comic appearance. His name is Daryl Tinnen. He is a character in the Hellboy comic series. And his first appearance is in the Universal Machine number four comic. And he actually he actually transformed into a Wendigo by being cursed. He was fighting off one and he had a near death experience and just as he was dying the Wendigo like transfers his spirit. Transfers, transfers his spirit. The Wendigo. Yep. He like takes on the Wendigo curse. Yep. I almost said Winnebago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed I haven't really said Yo, it that much yet. Yeah, like, Winnebago. Real. Do you want to hear something really funny? What? So uh before we just started recording this time, uh, when you stepped out of the room, I was going over my notes, and I accidentally wrote Winnebago. One hundred percent. It's in. It's in my other book here. Look right oh, here. Oh no, Winnebago, right there. We, I died laughing. We need to coin the term Winnebago at this point. Like Facts. this is. It's no longer Winnebago. It's Winnebago. So the Windigo spirit transfers into Daryl. Yes, it transfers into Daryl, and he becomes a Windigo. And it actually talks about how he re- retains all of his memories and how he's still pretty much a sentient being, um, and how he stalks his family and how he t- tries to make sure he's okay. Uh, but in the end, he ends up getting killed by someone named Damo. Di- Demo? Damio. 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 Yep. Yep. Damio. And so really it's just it's talking about how you can transfer your spirit over to another human being. Yeah. That is an interesting concept. I kinda like that concept. I haven't seen like Hobo is the only one I've seen that where you can like transfer the Wendigo curse to yeah. another by like attacking them and right before they die, like giving it to them. But then you die, right? Like the original one so, dies and he becomes yeah, the Wendigo. In order to get rid of your Wendigo spirit, you thus have to die yourself and transfer it over. Yeah, but are, can you die though? Like, can you just die? That's what it's saying, yeah. Because okay. the other Wendigo that cursed Daryl died. Yeah, but what about Daryl in the end? Does he die or does he transfer the Wendigo spirit into Daryl? Daryl dies. Fought through the night with a former emerging victorious, so. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool beans. Yeah. And then the third way, there's a third way that is being possessed. Yeah, that's being possessed, which a lot of times they say is just exposure mm-hmm. to the Wendigo. There's a story. I actually, it's a really short story. So a lot of the, the tales about the Wendigo say that you can become a Wendigo by being possessed by one. They talk about... Jack Fiddler possibly becoming a Wendigo. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some speculation there. Um, but there's a really cute story. It's a very short story. Um, but it's called The Child and the Wendigo at Red mm-hmm. Lake. Uh, so it's the Red Lake Ojibwe. Um, and it's a really cool story. So I'm going to include it. It's very yeah. short. What it's, is it about? It's about a child who kills a Wendigo. Literally really? just that. It's very straightforward. It's huh. very short. It's very straightforward. So a cold north wind began to blow. There's a Wendigo sign number oh, one. Okay. Yes. The great, please do not like judge me by my terrible pronunciation of some of these names because I have no idea. The great Ogima heard the wind and understood its message. The Wendigo, a cannibal giant, was coming to eat all the Anishinaabek of the village. Perfect. I really hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. If anybody knows how to actually pronounce these things, let us know. Everyone was terrified, however. There was a little child, 
Everyone was terrified. Comma, however. <laughs> Let's learn to read. There was a little child who offered to save the people. They all wondered what could this little child do. He was only a baby. Nonetheless, he, insist- he insisted he would help the Anishinaabek. First he said he would need an axe and a piece of liver. Then he would go and meet the giant. Once he received these, the young child started on his way. When he met the giant, he became as tall as a pine tree. He fought the giant and killed him. It doesn't tell how he fought and killed the giant. I I really, like, there's some holes here. Yeah. I need to know what the liver was for. (laughs) Like, the axe I get, but why did you need a piece of liver? When he met the giant, he became as tall as a pine tree. He fought the giant, and he killed him. When he came home, he told his mother he had killed the Wendigo. She didn't believe him, so he told her to go and look where he had killed the giant. She went, and get what she found? Guess what she found? This woman found a a toenail as big as a turtle. That's some speculation. Okay, so, like, some turtles are really small. (laughs) I I mean... (laughs) You guys ever seen a maps turtle? Like, they're tiny. Baby. They get bigger than the ones you see that are sold poorly at those little stands, but they're not very big. Um, Anyways, um, then everyone believed that the small child had killed the giant and saved the village. Later, the boy then himself became a Wendigo. Which is also kind of like Hellboy. He transferred transferred the curse. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's a both of little bit in here. I think it's really interesting they bring up Turtle here, too, because if... Wasn't it said that ter- only turtles can kill Wendigos as well? Or no. something about how turtles and Wendigos are enemies. You're talking because about the movie the- It. Am I? You are talking about the movie It. But there's speculation that It is a Wendigo. That's because it's Stephen King. It's like we had a huge debate about Pet Cemetery. Yeah. And the Wendigo possibly being the thing. Yeah. Which we'll talk about later too. But it is cool that they mentioned the turtle simply just because that... The Manitos believed that the, the, world. the world was carried on the back yeah. of a giant turtle. Yep. So. Toenails the size of turtles. Can you imagine the price of a pedicure? Oh, jeez. Um, so, also. I gotta go. <laughs> so, also, um, it kind of segues something that I'm not good at. Segues into um, the book The Wendigo by mm-hmm. Algernon Blackwood, which is a really cool if you like scary stories it's a short scary story yep. about a bunch of people who go men. hunting a bunch of men yes a group of men Can't specify that one facts <laughs> a group of men who go hunting in the canadian snowy forest mm-hmm. and um, it's vast it's unexplored they're all afraid they yeah really some are afraid some aren't very keen to yeah. admit it but there's one in particular, yeah. Defago. Defago, who was terrified. Particularly and scared. there's some speculation about Defago, about whether parts of him in this are a Wendigo, whether or not he's not a Wendigo. It's really, really cool. Really, really cool. I found it really interesting in that that there is a part where Defago disappears and then he comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when he comes back to the camp after they finish looking for him, it... The way it's written, it seems like it's the Wendigo trying to manipulate them, which is one of the things that Wendigo yeah. does. So Wendigo, the master manipulator, exactly, master is a master manipulator. Um, I'm really proud of myself for saying that correctly. <laughs> um, they could mimic voices. Yes. So they could mm-hmm. mimic voices, um, call out your name, yep. sound like loved ones, family members, just like the same. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
and draw you away. Um, they say in a lot of stories, when you become possessed by a Wendigo spirit, the descriptions of, from some of these people is so just absolutely crazy. They hear things. They see things. Oh, God. They become hungry. Um, mm-hmm. When it talked about Swift yep. Runner, talked about he could not insatiable. stop hearing. Well, yeah, he, they had the insatiable hunger. Well, plus he was like... His fa- it was wintertime. He was worried yep. about starving. But yep. um, he couldn't get the sound of... He said what drove one of the things that drove him mad is he couldn't get the sound and the cries of the shrieking animals and traps out of his head. Mm-hmm. It was like a constant thing. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Really. I mean, Blackwood also goes in. Like, he, he talks about Defago coming back, right? And he just... It looks like an animal, the way he acts, the way he holds himself... There's even a part where he's standing at the edge mm-hmm. of where you can see him and where you mm-hmm. can't. And when he moves, it looks like wires are attached to him and he's like a puppet. Yeah, like it's it's like it's not a natural gait when yeah. he walks and moves. Mm-hmm. It's it seems forced and yep. unnatural. And it's almost like the Wendigo is trying to fool these group of people into thinking that this is Defago. Yeah. But really it's not. Or Defago. Yeah. Some of the names I need to educate myself on how to pronounce some of these names. Um, Awesome sauce or creepy sauce. Okay. Oh, I want to talk about how one would kill a Wendigo. Okay, yeah. So how to kill a Wendigo. Since we talked about the child that can kill a Wendigo, (laughs) even though it doesn't say how he can kill the Wendigo. So in my very brief research, I found that silver is the way to go when you want to kill a Wendigo. In the heart. It has to be in the yep. heart. It has to be in you the heart. You have to be able to get to the heart. Uh, but it's also very specific. It's very a very detailed and extensive process because you can't just stab the Wendigo in the heart. You can't. You have to shatter the heart. Yes. So the Wendigo heart is supposed to be like the only way I've ever seen where you can kill a Wendigo is you have to get to its heart. Yep. But its heart is like super encased in all of this it's ice. It's cold and it's icy. Yep. Mm-hmm. You have to shatter it. And it's, it also talks about how you have to put the pieces of this heart into a silver box and bury it. Did you say like in a church, on church grounds? In a church ground, yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. not only do you have to like get through the manipulation, the creepy voices, the putrid stench of sickly sweet death. Also super strength, super speed. And cold. And cold. (laughs) And gold. Freezing cold. But you have to take silver, pierce its heart through a casing of ice. Yep. Then you have to take its heart out, shatter it. Yep. Put it. It would. Is there anything special about the box? No, it has to, to be silver. Box. Oh, it has silver to be box. Silver. Okay, so go sure. steal your grandmother's jewelry box. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's they, do lining. Say, they do say so, silver. Silver lining. Silver yeah. line things is good if you're in a pinch. Oh yeah, that's right. It did say was it, it's like a steel blade that was lined with silver, like dipped in silver. Oh yeah, silver something dipped. like that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And then um, bullets are an iffy thing. You can use a bullet, but you got it. Knives are better. That's what I was talking about. Oh too. yeah, I didn't see that. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. But if you are going to use a bullet, you got to. It's got to be silver, man. Like Hellboy sized bullets, <laughs> <laughs> preferably. Yes, I love. We should do a whole like section of Hellboy monsters. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, if you don't do all of this stuff, if you don't, if you miss a step, there, it's very possible that the window. Would, Wendigo can resurrect itself because yeah. it's good at regenerating. It's good at that's right. It's it good, good at it healing. does regenerate. Yeah. So it's if you wanted to kill a Wendigo because it once it once it got once it has you, it has you. Yeah. You can't. It's very, almost impossible to escape a Wendigo. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is terrifying. 
holy shit, that's terrifying. I would die. I've got, like, all this extra layer of fat. I would be, one, great pickings <laughs> because I'm bougie, so I eat bougie food. Oh, and two, oh my. I'm slow. <laughs> and three, I just, I could not. <laughs> I would die. <laughs> I would die. Okay, so... um. Yeah, so that's how you kill a Wendigo. You <laughs> fight through all the Wendigoness that is there, and then you have to stab it. All the Wendigoness. The Winnebagoness. <laughs> watch out for them Winnebagos. <laughs> <laughs> so you fight through the Wendigo and its strength and gaunt, like giant nastiness, like it's gross. And then you um, take its heart after stabbing it and you shatter it. Put it in a box. Ooh, does it have to be one box? Can it regenerate itself if it's all if it's just in no, one box? No, I think it is just one box. Because once you box? bury it in the churchyard. Okay, yeah, that's, that's right. It, you bury it in the churchyard. Yeah. This is kind of funny because it's not is it like a Christian church? Because that's, it's not a Christian see, monster. That's that's where that I, f- I feel you on that. Because yeah. also... Or is this just like the white man interjecting yep. its own entitlement yep. of like we are the Maybe ones? maybe it's just an extra step to make the white man feel safe. It's very contradictory because mm-hmm. if you are the Christian colonial that they are back then yep. and you say, no, your Algonquian monster that is from a complete different belief, which you have to admit it exists, which then admits that their own belief system exists. Yep. And that, okay, that's mm-hmm. like a whole other debate we're getting into. I feel like that goes in. That ties into Wendigo conceptual Wendigo. Yeah, that's going to tie into a later point, which is why it's titled Winnebago's Wendigos and, and the Greedy, greedy White Men. <laughs> oh God, they're everywhere. <laughs> um, so yeah, but um, so yeah, that's how you kill a Wendigo. That's literally like the everything I found was just you have to get to its heart, which is encased in ice, and then you found that you have to shatter it yep. and put it in a box and bury it in church ground. And that's what I, I could not find anything else. Really weird about that though is that silver is also used on werewolves too and vampires and vampires, and which are all based in what Christian and Catholic religions. Well, no, not necessarily. There's other like Native American and like other cultures that do vampires although vampire is basically primarily like in a christian belief setting mm-hmm. but yeah mm-hmm. we will talk about those at some point too all righty okie dokie okay so Tell moving along conceptual windigoism conceptual windigoism is literally my favorite part about this whole entire mm-hmm. thing because it's really like it's the best down part because one we're now getting into like we're going past the lines of is this a myth? Is this real? Yep. Is there such a thing as Wendigos or not? And we're like getting into like an actual term creature. that can be, yeah, mm-hmm. like an actual term that is, and I believe used and can be used today. I'm going to start using it all the time, actually, mm-hmm. and that's conceptual Wendigoism. And conceptual Wendigoism is literally just greed and selfishness yeah. at your core. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of the the part of the dissertation I read um, by Michelle Leitz talked about this, about colonialism and the selfishness that is. Um, man, I was going to try to grab that real quick so I could make like direct quotes. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. The ruffling, shuffling of papers. She, I would like to state that she printed out a lot of the dissertation. I here. really did because I am old school and 
Yep. <laughs> I really did print out this entire dissertation. I'm going to save this, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so she talks about colonialism, and I'm probably not going to find it now because... Because now it would be useful. Yep. Um, so exactly. we'll put this back down. <laughs> so anyways, so she talks about um, colonialism, and then I, I read so much online about um, conceptual Wendigoism as just being a, a state of life. So the actual, like, word Wendigo comes from the Cree language um, of the Algonquian people, mm-hmm. and it's from Windico, two words, W-E-E-N, I think I'm spelling this correctly, D-I-G-O-H, forgive me if it's not correct, because I'm literally doing it from memory. Windico. And it literally Wien-dico. just trans... Weenie. <laughs> <laughs> literally, hello, we're children. Oh, um, God. <laughs> we still laugh at words like weenie. Um, so it comes from Windico, mm-hmm. which I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm sorry if I'm not, but it translates to for one's, for solely oneself. It literally is just a concept of unchecked greed and selfishness um some algonquian and ojibwe writers and and teachers believe that that is colonialism at its core that western civilization and culture is just a complete and total culture possessed yep. by a wendigo spirit mm-hmm. and you can see it everywhere you can see it um in people individual people who just can never have enough i see it at work every day yep. i have started calling some people yeah. <laughs> Winnebagas because I'm like this person just that cannot be satisfied. Winnebago. Like I know, right? Like we work in the food industry and you see in the food industry so I think many anyone customers. in the food industry yeah. will see that. Anyone in the service industry knows uh-huh. what the conceptual Wendigoism is, mm-hmm. even if you've never heard the term before. <laughs> and so um I was go ahead. So what's funny about colonial colonialism is kind of disguised as like for the greater good, right? It's always, yeah. That's always, always their the greatest good. line is it's for the greater and good. And it's, I feel like that's really crazy because it's kind of a way to manipulate those who are just like blindly following. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a way to manipulate, and that's it's what, a form that's of what manipulation. Wendigo yeah, and is a man- master manipulator. Yeah, the Wendigo was a manipulator, and so really, like some, there's so many things back then in colonialism, and there's so many things today. Um, you see it in consumers. You see it in, you mentioned earlier, like big-time corporations. Yes. That yep. literally just take and take and take and take and take, and they don't know when to stop. And they um, try to give back, but really it's not. It's just a way to manipulate you into thinking they are one of the good ones, and it's for the greater good. Gaslighting at its, <laughs> at its biggest form. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, no, seriously, conceptual Wendigoism, there's so much you can read about it. I went into like serious research and information overload, which is probably why I sound like I'm ranting all the time because my <laughs> brain is literally ranting all the time in my head um, about conceptual Wendigoism. And, and there's whole things written about it. Um, mm-hmm. Go research that. If you want to look up some cool stuff about the Wendigo, I encourage you to do so, but if you're doing that, take some time to look at conceptual Wendigoism, and it'll have you checking yourself, like how you act, and are you taking too much from the people around yep. you? Are you hoarding too much um, of your own good things? And are that you convincing you could share? yourself that it's for the greater good? 
Yeah, really. Oh, it's for the greater good of my family. Mm -hmm. You know, give a little instead of taking so much. Um, But yeah, so conceptual windigoism, that's what that is in a nutshell. It is greed. It is selfishness. It is what the Algonquian people feared. Yeah, it is the worst. Capitalism, yeah. They Mm -hmm. they do. A lot of people believe that it can be capitalism, um, consumerism. Yep. Um, It is the worst traits of humanity. But yeah, so there's conceptual Wendigoism in a freaking nutshell. So we talked about a lot of Wendigos in the past. We've talked about cases of Wendigos yes. that we've seen, what, in 1800s. And we've also f- talked about the very beginnings and origins of Wendigoism and Wendigos. Uh, oh, we didn't talk about Jack Fiddler yet, though. Do we want to talk about Jack Fiddler? We, we did a little bit. We did mention Jack Fiddler mm-hmm. a little bit. We're supposed to talk about him when we how to kill Wendigos. He doesn't actually oh, talk yeah. about how to kill Wendigos though. It do? does it. So what Jack Fid- Jack Fiddler didn't Jack Fiddler was was tried for killing people, but Jack Fiddler was a shaman. We talked about that, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh no. We briefly mentioned him. Yeah, we briefly mentioned him. Oh man, I can't believe I skipped this part. Listen, we gotta go back to Jack. 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 Yeah, well, uh, yeah. No, Jack it's Jack Fiddler, Fiddler and his brother, um, who their original names I cannot pronounce. Um, but their father was a sh- Jack's father was a shaman. Okay. And they um, were known for their talents in killing uh, Wendigos. Basically, I think this is like fear-mongering, really, honestly. Because from all the research I did on him, he just killed people that their family members claimed to be possessed by a Wendigo spirit. Hmm. So, like, this sounds a little Salem witch trial-y to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, from while I, when I was reading it, like, it sounded a little Salem witch trial-y to me. Um, because, like, if you were sick or being selfish or whatever, they accused you of being a Wendigo or possessed by a Wendigo spirit. And then this dude, it seemed, would just, like, come in and, like, rid you. Mm-hmm. Like, he would kill you. Um, well, he, they, he and Joseph ended up being arrested and uh, tried for murder for killing these people. Um, so, and it was in early 1907 um, when the Northwest Mounted Police... Um, heard of Jack Fiddler's power against the Wendigo, um, and they basically, the Mounties went into the camp at Deer Lake there, arrested Jack and Joseph Fiddler for murder. Mm. Um, They took eyewitness accounts. Blah, blah, blah. You know, the basics of, like, finding and trying to see if someone is guilty or not. Um, Jack ended up escaping, but then hung himself. Um, and then, uh, Joseph still went to trial. Um, but Angus Ray was an eyewitness that testified, um, that, how do you say that? Wa- Wasaka Pikaway mm-hmm. was killed while in deep pain and incurably sick, according to the custom of the people who were not aware of Canadian law. Pressed, they pressed on the Wendigo issue more, um, but it was really just, they admitted that it was just belief among the people. Like, they couldn't actually, like, prove anything. Yep. It was just belief among the people. Um, and Jack and Joseph were the ones who, they politely say, euthanized the very sick 
and prevented the Wendigos. Um, so that's it's funny you say euthanized too. Yeah, because I mean, so Joseph was convicted and sentenced to death. Okay. Um, further appeals did secure his release, um, but the order came too late, and he died. It came three days after his death in 1909. So Jack hung himself, and Joseph was um, sentenced to death, um, but then his appeal came through, was secured for release, but it came through three days after his death. So, yeah. But I'm, I, it's very interesting, like, it, the talks about it, because um, you talk about, like, conceptual Wendigoism, yep. and you talk about, like, how you become a Wendigo, and here in these cases... They didn't have any actual, like, proof of Wendigoism, just suspicion. Yeah. And fear. Yep. And people were murdered out of, like, this deep fear of Wendigoism um, without proof, just basic belief, which we see that kind of stuff happening in a lot of cultures. But, yeah, I'm so glad we remembered that and came back to it because <laughs> it's really interesting. Um Jack sh- uh, was a shaman. His father was a shaman. They did all kinds of things, like erect totems, you know, to ward off the Wendigo whenever they were afraid that other, like, rival tribes were cursing them with the Wendigo huh. spirit and yeah. that whole kind of thing. But, yeah. So that's another case where someone was arrested and put on trial. I kind of want to go back to... For the sake of a Wendigo. Swift Runner for a second here. Yeah. Okay. So there's a, you're talking about him and you were talking about how a lot of his village was affected by colonialism. Uh, well, yeah. So the, the land where he lived, um, let me see if I can find exactly where it was. Um, on December 20th of 1879 in what is now, I believe, known as Alberta, Canada. Mm-hmm. So, um... Where Swiftwinter came from, where he lived, the land there was seized, I guess is the appropriate word, by uh, colonists. Yes. And then sold to the Canadian government. Okay. Even though, like, in complete disregard to the Native peoples who had already been living there and inhabiting the area. But again, this is where their fear of the, like... Well, it's not where the fear of the Wendigo came from. They already have that. But this is where they started saying that colonists and the white man were possessed by Wendigo yep. spirit because they just came yep. in and they didn't ask. They just took. Um, they just took and called it their own and they kept taking and they kept taking. Um, I mean, you can see it in American history, in the forming of Ameri- America, the country, um, in, you know, manifest destiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, that is ref- like manifest de- destiny in a lot of the research Dead like city. is reference to conceptual Wendigoism. Yep. Um, I just, I thought it was interesting that because he was hired by those who were, who, um, yeah, he was hired by the Canadian police force there. It's almost, it's almost a transference if you think about it. Yeah. Like a possession because he was hired by those who were run by the conceptual Wendigoism Mm -hmm. and he himself was possessed by that Wendigo spirit. Oh, wow. That's deep. (laughs) I I hadn't even thought of that. Like, well, yeah. So he, and then he ate his family. Is that another form of exposure? Because they say the more you're exposed, the more likely you are to yep. become a Wendigo exposure. Yep. So where does it end at it's that point? It's all one giant, like, ball of... Yep, of Wendigo. Of Wendigo. <laughs> a giant bouncy ball of Wendigo that just goes back and forth. 
Um, but yeah, no, I hadn't thought of that. That's an excellent yeah. point. That like, what it doesn't say what form of Wendigo you're exposed to to no. become a Wendigo. It's just that the more exposure to the Wendigo you are, the more likely you are to mm-hmm. become one. So, yep. f- for the sake of concept, absolutely, you could completely say that one could become a Wendigo by being exposed to someone possessed by a Wendigo spirit mm-hmm. for too long. Yep. And then eat your six children, mother-in-law and brother. <laughs> and wife. Yeah, and wife. <laughs> and wife. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay, so now that we've I completely gotten right off of our path here, let's get back. So um, Yes, like we were saying, we are talking about the origins and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but where are they are today, what... What yeah, where we, we see Wendigos today, my favorite thing in the whole wide world to mention is the episode of Supernatural. Ah, uh, yes. So that's like the second, the first or second episode yep. mm-hmm. of season one. If you go back 15 years. Um, <laughs> 15 years, I want to really. reiterate. But seriously. Um, and I think there's like another character on there in season four called the Ruguru that's very Wendigo-esque. Hmm. If you guys know about the Ruguru, we could totally cover the Ruguru in the future, but um, we could do many episodes just based on supernatural monsters. True. And I would be a happy camper because it's literally one of my favorite shows. But, um, but yeah, episode, like, one or two in season one, they go over the Wendigo. And it doesn't... It, I think it mimics human voices in that show, too. What I remember is that there is a couple at the very beginning. The spoilers, if you haven't seen it. Yeah, spoilers, this if yet. you haven't seen it. Obviously, if you haven't seen it, get your life together and watch it. Everything we've talked about at yeah. this point. Um, but at the very beginning, like the intro scene, it's a couple that just start eating each other while they're trying to get things hot and heavy and then get things flowing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't <laughs> even like think of this without laughing. And like, they end up eating each other. Like, like literally, you're making out, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, you're biting my ear." Oh, oh. <gasps> a baby, let and me then eat you're like, you out. Oh my god, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Just that's so gross. But um. <laughs> yeah, so there's supernatural. There's obvious. I mean, obviously, supernatural has to touch upon the Wendigo because the the Wendigo is everywhere. Yeah, really. Well, and also because it's filmed in Canada mostly, from, yeah. from what I've seen. Yeah. So like the show's filmed in Canada mostly, and then also they spend so much time in can like North America and whatnot mm-hmm. that there's no way they could like skip the Wendigo. Oh. Ooh, tell me about Hannibal, that example of Hannibal. Oh, yeah. So um, while I was researching a lot of this and taking notes, um, I watched, uh, I went back and rewatched the show Grimm. Um, it is, ba- I know, it's based, or not Grimm. Grimm is I, where. I was like, okay, we're so talking, I thought we were I, talking we about did, Hannibal. I did rewatch, yeah, I know, really. I'm tired. <laughs> Let's drink some more wine. Anyway, okay, so um, I did rewatch Grimm. It is an, an episode of Grimm. Um, if you haven't watched Grimm, it's a really cool show, too. Lots of monsters in that. But obviously, because <laughs> Grimm fairy tales. But So Hannibal, it's so funny because it's like one of my favorite shows. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's talk about Hannibal. So Grimm, by the way. <laughs> so Grimm, by the way. No, um, so Hannibal, uh, it's the new one. It's got Mads Mikkelsen. I say new. It's a few years old now. But Mads Mikkelsen plays Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. And it's a TV show. It's only three seasons long, which hurts my heart because I need that show to go on forever. It's so good. Um, but they have, like, because first of all, Hannibal, we know Hannibal the cannibal. Hannibal's a cannibal mm-hmm. and he eats people. But he is, like, the like the ultimate, like, Wendigo-possessed human 
Like, if you think about it, Mm. he's a master manipulator of so many kinds of ways of manipulation, where it'd be, like, different identities. Mm -hmm. You know, he was so smooth, so sexy, so just everything. Suave. Yeah, like, you were attracted to him. You came to him, you know? Which is what the Wendigo wants, really. Yeah. I mean, of course, he can chase you down if you want to, too, but... And and, and, and Hannibal Lecter does. Like, he he also can, like, physically snatch and grab and That's kill. That's wild. Yeah. So, um, they have this... It's just a really great show. But they have this really cool, like, artistic cutscene, or several cutscenes, where they show different, like... When, when, like, I almost said Winnebago again. (laughs) (laughs) Wendigo, like, characters. So, um, they're, like, cut scenes in a dream. And you see, like, Mm. this. And one is really cool is walking down a hospital, like, hallway. This giant, shiny, black, just moose with, Mm. like, bird tail feathers and, like, the giant antlers. And he looks, like, wet. Like, just a black... Wet shiny paint. like wet paint wet and then there's another one that's just really really creepy where it's like this tall skinny human-esque yeah like cryptid like human mm-hmm. thing with like long fingery talons and antlers and a gaunt looking face and he's just shiny black like he's been dipped in black paint and it's just really cool mm-hmm. the visual aspect 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 <laughs> aspect aspect <laughs> Visual aspect. But I feel like the visual aspect of this. So (laughs) the visual aspect is so just beautifully gothic and appealing, and it's great. Mm -hmm. And it's like one of my favorite, what looks like to me a visual representation of like a Wendigo spirit possessing Mm -hmm. you, is what it reminds me of is a Wendigo spirit. Not like the actual Wendigo itself, which is supposed to be like gruesome. And gross and smelly, yeah. but it's like it's the Wendigo spirit, just pure black, slimy That's darkness. Amazing. And it's really, really animalistic and it's really, really cool. So that's another pop culture reference to yeah, the Wendigo yeah. that you can check out. Um, video games. Hell yeah. You mentioned one earlier that I was embarrassed that I had not played. I thought it was a movie. What was it? Oh, Until Dawn. Until Dawn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's and that one they depict it. They depict the Wendigo. Like it's 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 literally a game all about Wendigos. There's a group of kids who go up to a mountainside somewhere in Canada. I didn't realize Canada. the actual game was about Wendigos. Yep. I feel so dumb. Yep. It's it's solely about Wendigos and it's it's in Canada too, which I think is really interesting. Um, but they go up to this mountainside lodge in Canada, and then things, of course, go awry. And they're all exploring. It's nighttime, and this is, there's this mountain where there's a mine down underneath where some miners got trapped. Mm-hmm. And uh, these miners, without food, without a way out, resorted to cannibalism. Oh, they can went, they went complete Donner Party. Yep, they <laughs> <Okay>. did. They uh-huh. <laughs> went complete Donner Party. And so they filled this mountain with Wendigos. And then this, as the more people that get caught up there, the more the Wendigoism spreads. Uh, and so basically, you're these group of teenagers that are trying to escape the Wendigos, which, as we know, is near impossible. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's really funny how they're depicted in that. They're more of a Schmeagol from Lord of the Rings look. Oh, my gosh. Which I think we've established we decided, is a Wendigo. Yeah, we decided that the Hobbit, uh, Schmeagol, who becomes yeah. Gollum, is a Wendigo because he's completely just possessed by the ring and a wi- which yep. is the Wendigo spirit and greed and selfishness and he has to have it and then he like wastes away and becomes this like 
gaunt looking yep. slimy creature that eats Skin raw stretch food over and his bones yeah. and stuff like that and they actually picture something like that similarly in uh, Fallout 76 Fallout 76 yep and the window if you played that game through long enough then you found it yep <laughs> I'm sure you have. I'm not one of the people that actually sat through that game long enough I played Fallout 4 but, but they, um, they both live in caves they both yeah. eat whatever they there's actually something I read earlier too that the Wendigo will kill you and then take your home and make it its nest. Oh my gosh, they just, okay, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that because I don't know if you've watched or anybody listening has watched, but have you watched The Outsider yet? No. For Stephen King on HBO? No. Okay, so I love Stephen King, so I was binge-watching the entire, like, first few episodes of The Outsider, and spoiler alert, by the way, (sighs) there's, like, a thing in there called The Grief Eater, and there's a part where it, like, it nests in, like, the areas of where, like, all this grief had, like, taken place. Ooh. Like, where people died or where they lived before they died mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And it, like, lives there and, like, makes it. Th- it's so... There's a whole, like... There's a whole, yeah. like, bunny trail of case of the body snatchers and is it a Wendigo? Is it <laughs> is it this? Is it a, a million things? They throw Baba Yaga in there. Hell like, yeah. it's crazy. Um... But that show's really good. <laughs> yeah. I'm and glad it you, talks about that. Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up because that brings up Pet Cemetery too. Does bring and up how Pet Cemetery. Pet Ce- uh, the forest that surrounds that cemetery is uh-huh. run by the Wendigo. And I found it really interesting that the Wendigo runs things and manipulates things and it mm-hmm. takes advantage of your grief. Mm-hmm. And it says, hey, come bury your baby in my yard for a little bit. Come feed my land yep. with bodies. And then <laughs> you can have her back for, what, 10 years? But mm-hmm. after 10 years, they're mine again. Yeah. It's basically leftovers. I'll save that one for later. So many spoilers. I'm so sorry. People. Listen, listen. Pet Actually, cemetery. I'm not sorry because Pet if you haven't seen Pet Cemetery, for ages, it's your own fault. If you haven't ages. seen Supernatural, that show is 15 years yes. old. If you haven't seen it yet, not even get the off newest your couch. Pet Cemetery. Or get the back on your couch. The story of Pet Cemetery has Facts. been out since what the 80s? Are you kidding? But. Yeah, the the creature that that lurks in the first forest, you can even see it in the movie. It's very big, but it's yeah. it's the Wendigo yeah. stalking the dad as he goes up the mountain and buries his daughter. Yeah, and um, it's a master manipulator. It takes advantage of your grief. Yep. Uh, and also, there was another one I like to mention. It's another Stephen King story by the name of The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. This one I know absolutely nothing about. Yes. I don't know Tom, The, the Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. So it's it's a story by Stephen King, like I said, mm-hmm. and it's about this girl who is out in the woods hiking with her family, and mm-hmm. she slips down a steep slope, and she tumbles, and the family loses her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's lost in the forest. Mm-hmm. And there's several occasions while this girl's wandering in the forest blindly that the Wendigo tries to lure her in. Um, there was one occasion where uh, it left a mangled carcass mm-hmm. of a deer. Mm-hmm. There was one occasion where it presented itself as uh, her science teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was another occasion where... Oh, I would love to know which one that was. <laughs> so would the rest of us. <laughs> Do continue. Oh, jeez, Louise. <laughs> Where did it go? So, science teacher. Science teacher. uh, It also, a mutilated deer. And it also, oh gosh. And a prophet of God. A prophet of of God? Which is, it uh, presented itself as one of the prophets that 
the religion that the family believed in. The family oh, practiced. I get that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all to like manipulate this girl into yeah, it gets in your head. Yep. Yeah. Uh, luckily, she didn't. She she made it out of the forest mm-hmm. by by envisioning Tom Gordon, who was a baseball player that her father was a fan of oh. uh, of the Red Sox, I believe. And um, okay, she made it out and. Is this a movie? This is a story. A book a story. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, they did a movie it. adaptation as well. Oh, okay. Uh, so you can't watch it, but it's it's That's really old. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, we have My Little Pony written down. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if you couldn't tell from the song from the beginning of our show. <laughs> was from My Little Pony. Well, no, that's it's kind of like My Little Pony. It's from the... No, the, it's the, based off the comics. It's based off the comics, yeah. yeah. And done by the Flim Flam Brothers. Thank <laughs> you so much that that song exists. Yes, thank you. I'm so happy that song gave me so much joy. Um, yeah, there's there's so many things that Wendigo is in though. There's yeah. so many. It, there's you. It's an X Men. It's it's Wendigo. It's a hyphenated name. Mm-hmm. It's also in uh, the X Files, Charmed, it Supernatural, is in Supernatural that like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a movie dedicated to it called Ravenous, which Ravenous, yeah, Ravenous is a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's got a really good cast. You should watch it. it I, there's also it's also uh, has a role in Dungeons and Dragons. It definitely has a role in uh-huh. Dungeons Final and Dragons. Final Fantasy, World Warcraft, and then one particular sci-fi show called Haven. I found it really interesting that they described the Wendigo, right? Yeah. Um, and they're talking about trying to get a get yourself cured if you are possessed by the spirit of the Wendigo or you come in contact with the Wendigo, kind of like it's a disease. Mm-hmm. You find yourself having cannibalistic urges and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they urge you to go to a witch doctor. And if the witch doctor can't he- can't heal you, you are therefore asked to euthanize yourself. Yes. Oh, which is actually like the euthanizing, euthanization of yourself um, – so we talk about where the Wendigo can be, like, represented and seen today, other than just, like, conceptual Wendigoism. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of it's, like, fictitious, like, supernatural, mm-hmm. comic books, video games, Stephen King, um, fictitious characters like Hannibal. You know, he's, like, the ultimate human Wendigo, in my opinion. Um, but there are actually still some cases that have been supposedly a case of, like, Wendigo psychosis, which is an actual medical term. There's, like, speculation on whether or not it's a real thing or not, but Wendigo psychosis is basically a human who's overcome with an overwhelming urge to eat human flesh. Mm -hmm. Guys, this is still something that's out there today. So there's a case as early that I could find as 2008. There's a fairly famous case about a man named Vincent Lee. Normal dude. um, From... Canada, um, had several jobs, portrayed as a really good, like, hardworking guy. He did have, like, some weird things happen before he was fired from his job because of a, at Walmart, I believe, because of, like, a weird disagreement they had, and then he, um, requested some time off. Yeah. To go out of town for, I think, a job interview. Okay. Um, so he's on this bus. He's on a Greyhound bus. Um, and he, they said that he originally sat near the front of the bus, but then he moved to sit next to McLean, um, after like a scheduled stop on the bus. Um, McLean didn't supposedly like, didn't really acknowledge him. He just like fell asleep. Apparently he had like headphones in his ears or whatever. 
According to what witnesses state, McLean was just sleeping. Um, and then all of a sudden, the man sitting next to him, which was Vincent Lee, mm-hmm. um, suddenly produced a large knife and began randomly nice. stabbing McLean in the neck and chest. The bus driver pulled to the side of the road and all the other passengers could exit the vehicle. Um, the attacker then decapitated McLean, displayed a severed head to the other passengers standing outside. And the driver and two other men attempted to rescue McLean, which, I mean, like, is this before the beheading or, like, after? Oh, because yikes. that's not At really clear. Point, there's no, there's no. Yeah. <laughs> but no um, really, like, if I see a man displaying a severed head through a window, I'm like, yeah, bruh, I'm not going in there to save uh, nothing. Like, them goddamn Winnebago's got that oh, one. Like, that's God not damn. Them Winnebago's is gone. I'm running away. Um, so. That's that Winnebago shit. I gotta go. <laughs> I just want a reason to, like, say that in public at some point. <laughs> oh, no, it's the Winnebago's. I'm out. <laughs> so, um, so the driver and two men had attempted to rescue McLean, but were chased away by Lee, who sl- was just, like, slashing at them like a crazy man um, with the knife. But then Lee went back to McLean's body and began severing other parts and consuming oh, his victim's God. flesh. At 8.30 p.m., the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the RCMP, um, in Portage La Prairie received a report of a stabbing on a Greyhound bus west of the city. I'm going to be paranoid as hell if I ever ride a bus again. A Greyhound bus in specific. Yeah, really. Um, I think there was a whole, like, campaign that Greyhound changed. I think they had, like, this slogan that was, like, you've never heard of... um, I don't know, people going postal on Greyhound or getting upset on a Greyhound bus or whatever. (gasps) Yeah, it's changed, like, their whole slogan after this. There's a whole thing that the aftermath of this is ridiculous. Vincent Um, Lee ruined it for it He really did. Um, So uh, the RCMP uh, got a report of a stabbing on a Greyhound bus west of the city. They arrived to find the the suspect still on the board of the bus, um, being prevent, he's being prevented from escaping by other another passenger, uh, the bus driver, and a truck driver who had provided a crowbar uh-huh. and a hammer as weapons. Crystal, the crystal crank. Crystal crank. <laughs> the crystal crank. Jared, is that you? <laughs> is that you? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, the other passengers were huddled at the roadside. My ass would be gone. Honestly. First of all, like, why are you still there? Some of them crying, others vomiting, as to be suspected. Why do they have their shit still in there, though? What? Their stuff. What are they still in the bus? In there, yeah. I almost definitely would still have things on that bus. I don't know. I'd just drop my I shit don't in need it. I don't need it. I forget my phone half the time anyway. Like, I forgot my phone was in the pantry for three hours yesterday. I don't even know how it got in the pantry. Listen. But it was literally in the damn pantry for your three stuff hours. stuff has a little bit of decapitated head on it. I, I gotta dip. Yeah. Gotta facts, go. Facts. So, um, what did it, where did I, I lost, you made me lose my place. Oh my God. RCMP arrive, huddles of people on the roadside because they're dumb and they're still staying, crying and vomiting. I'd be like, here's my number. Y'all can call me if you want to report. I'm out. So as the suspect had earlier attempted, had earlier attempted to escape by driving the bus away, the driver had engaged the emergency immobilizer system. I did not even know that was a thing. Hmm. Rendering the vehicle inoperable. Witnesses had observed the suspect stabbing and cutting at McLean's body and carrying McLean's severed head. 
By 9 p.m., police were in a standoff with the suspect and had summoned special negotiators and a heavily armed tactical unit. The suspect alternately paced the length of the bus and defiled the corpse. Oh, police God. officers then observed Lee eating body part, parts of the body. Meanwhile, the stranded passengers were transported from the scene to be interviewed at the Brandon RCMP detachment. RCMP officers also reportedly heard Lee say, I have to stay on the bus forever. On July 31st, 2008, at 1.30 a.m., the suspect damn. attempted to escape from the bus by breaking through a window. The RCMP arrested Lee soon after. He was shot with a taser twice, handcuffed, and placed in the back of a police cruiser. Not so invincible. Oh, Parts, yeah, really. Parts of the victim's body was placed in plastic bags mm. were retrieved from the bus while his ear nose and tongue were found in lee's pockets so that happened in 2008 um there was another case of a woman um that's in the documentary i watched on hulu um that i'm such a great human being i can't remember the name of I'll put it um, in the description later. yeah i'll put that in the show notes later i will credit everything in our show notes from the dissertation to the internet, to Wikipedia, um, to just everything. Um, but um, there was a case of a woman who was, I think, I can't remember if she, like, admitted herself into a mental health hospital or what, but um, she also said she had, like, this deep craving for human flesh and constantly asked people to kill her. Mm. Um, so, yeah. That, that takes me back to Sci-Fi's Haven. Yeah, please really. euthanize yourself. Yeah, please euthanize yourself. Um, I think there was something, I can't remember if it was Jack Fiddler. I think there's a, a report I read where Jack or Joseph Fiddler, one of them, like, asked people to kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I will tell you that Vincent Lee um, was not charged because he was deemed mentally unstable, but also over years of, I guess, therapy, deemed back to normal and is out living as a free man under a new name today. Somewhere in Canada or America or somewhere. In the world. Probably in Canada. Um, But yeah, so there's that. So. Man. I think that might be it. I think that we have, like, information vomit going on. I mean, this is a lot of valuable information about a subject that seems to be super popular, but people know very little about. I yeah. mean, it's mostly pop culture that influences mm-hmm. the knowledge of people. Big, of, ugly, smelly yeah. creature that eats people. But. Yep. There's more to it, obviously, especially with the, the it's almost deity, like, entity. Yeah. And That's I, something I've never known. Yeah, that I thought was really fascinating is that they, um, like revered it as much as feared it yeah. because mm-hmm. it was technically considered a holy being. Yeah. I believe if I remember correctly, each of the Manitos were representations of certain aspects of nature and humanity and the Wendigo was the representation of of winter and cold and devastation and like all of the worst traits of humanity, but mm-hmm. still but still a part of the world, still a part of humanity, and therefore it was also, you know, still revered as a holy being um, and part of the creators that is the world. I love how they call it the great mystery that yeah. created the world. I love that. That's awesome. 
Bang bang, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So the great mystery is is really really cool. So we encourage you to do your own research on the Wendigo. Yeah, really. It, it's it's enlightening. You learn a lot. And remember, we are not professionals. We are not historians. We are not even cryptozoologists. Mm-mm. We We're are just, just two women mm-hmm. with laptops who like to talk about monsters. Um, if you find things that are different or contradictory to the information we have, we have a lot of information. A lot of it is just like me ranting in my brain about random things about Wendigos and cannibals. But um, if you find stuff that's new that we didn't mention or things that are contradictory, like send it to us. Yeah, share um, with us. We it will gives share us an opportunity ways, to yeah, learn. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, we also like talking about things so we can talk with you about it. Yeah. Um, if I mispronounce things, uh, please correct us. Please let me know. At any point. Um, but yeah, so thank you for listening. Our, to our very first podcast. Yes, to our very first podcast. Don't judge us too hard. We've literally never done this before. <laughs> At all. Um, so if you want to talk to us in any way, if you want to um, mention anything to us, mm-hmm. um, you can reach us in a few ways. Um, you can mention You can mentor? mentor. <laughs> you can mentor us. You can mentor us <laughs> <laughs> because we have no idea what we are doing. We need so, some, um, we need some we're also really tired because it's like ridiculously late that we're finally finishing this. There may so. have been some wine involved. Too, Absolutely. Well. There's always wine involved. Is Courtney here? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the wine? Um, so you can reach us at monsterqueens at yahoo.com if you want to send us an email that is M-O-N-S-T-E-R-Q-U-E-E-N-S. There are no Zs. It's just normal monster queens at mm-hmm. yahoo.com. Um, we do have a Facebook page. As well as an Instagram. As well as an Instagram. Mm-hmm. Our Instagram is a little bit different because, believe it or not, we had to make sure that no one else could follow our stuff. So Actually, the monster queens. Yeah, so there's monster queens at yahoo.com. S's, no Zs. There's the monster queens. All S's, no Zs on Instagram. And then our Facebook page is Monster Queens. Is Monster mm-hmm. Queens. Do we have to mention like should we mention like the actual little like uh like URL for Facebook? We can put that in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll be posting about it. But yeah. yeah. Okay, so before we go, I want to give a huge, huge thank you to Brian Sanders, who made our amazing theme song and some other music you'll hear soon in the future. Um, My amazing boyfriend, Jay, who has patiently been working on editing audio and is slowly teaching it to me as well. And for all the amazing support we've gotten from our friends and family who have been equally excited about this as we are. So let us know what you think. Thank you so much for your time and for listening to us rant. Again, this is Alicia. And I'm Courtney, and we are the Monster Queens. Bye, guys. Bye.